So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us, who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong, wrong. show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win? That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Good morning. What's up? Good afternoon, Direct AF family. I am so excited for today's show. We have an incredible guest today. His name is Alex Brookman. Did I pronounce that correctly? Wonderful. Thank you. He is coming to us um, all the way from Vancouver, Canada. He is an entrepreneur. He is an author. He is a new daddy. (laughs) He's an executive coach and strategist, a consultant. He has built and scaled and exited companies not only in Canada, but also within Europe. He has a tremendous passion for helping entrepreneurs build businesses that are rooted in purpose. That is his love. That's his passion. He's got an upcoming book that's soon to be published. Can't wait to hear all about it. Thanks for coming on the show, Alex. What is good? Thank you very much for having me, Lisa. I'm very, very happy that I can be on your show today. I am too. So let's dig into you. Tell me about your um, your backstory. Where are you from? How did you get involved in um, what it is that you do? Where do I start? Um, let me start like 20-something years ago when I... Wanted to earn some money and actually became a radio journalist. So um, this is how I started my career. I was always in love with music um, through the upbringing from my parents. The radio would tootle all day. So um, And then I heard this ad that a regional radio station was looking for um, new people to onboard. So I went through a two-year apprenticeship, uh, became a radio journalist, and um, was in that media space for um, some years realized at some point in time that this is probably not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I wanted to have a broader background. And I actually went back to high school, um, high school for grownups, so to speak, um, to then after two and a half years, be able to study business administrations, with the, which I then did on a business school um, in Germany and um, in Uruguay, where I did a semester abroad um, to deepen my Spanish and um, to have a good time, <laughs> which I actually had. And then um, started my post-university career in, in business. So I joined a large media organization, one of the 10 biggest in the world, um, and had the opportunity to immerse myself into their strategy development process. So I became a strategy manager, um, which was kind of odd because strategy was not my thing during uh, my studies. Um, I always felt it was kind of dry and it lacked context for me and it had no visible connection to my job as a radio journalist. So it was hard for me to relate to it. But now that it had um, a real corporate context and, and real people and real issues that needed to be solved, I was head over heels into strategy all of a sudden. And um, after some years in that um, context and that job, I figured 
there must be more to it than what I've learned so far in this company. So I became um, a strategy consultant, um, joined um, a management consultancy, and fairly quickly realized that I'm more about the people than about the processes. So I wanted to help people build better businesses rather than improving processes a little bit here and a little bit there. I wanted to dig deeper. And um, together with uh, my partner back then, um, started to build a company in Germany, then scaled it into Iceland, where he was originally from, um, and eventually into the UK, um, where we are working um, have been working for really great brands and, and, and corporations across the world now. I left this company as a managing director when I relocated to Canada um, one and a half years ago. Um, so founded my own company in 2019. And ever since have been serving um, the same type of clients, so large corporate clients. Um, but I'm more and more expanding um, into working with entrepreneurs like myself smaller business owners and startup founders. Why? Because they especially struggle with the con in the context of strategy because it's being used in so many different contexts and it's not easy to get your head around it and it's easy to be lost. So I'm taking what I've learned with large corporations, break it into individual segments and kind of rebuild it so that it makes sense and it's actionable very quickly for entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And that leads me into my next question. It sounds like the book that you're writing um, is really geared more toward than the entrepreneur, the small business owner, the one or two person type of thing um, who's either just starting out or they've started and um, they want to scale and they want to grow. Is that, is that kind of correct? The book is um, based on really 15 years in strategy and I throw everything that I know in it. Um, so the framework that I describe is as applicable to large organizations as it is to um, solopreneurs. The only difference is entrepreneurs can move way, way faster than large organizations. <laughs> and very often they are... Um, they wear many hats at the same time. An entrepreneur is typically its own investor. It's typically, it's <laughs> you're, you're your biggest cheerleader. You are your marketing, you're your sales. So the, the cycles that you need in order to create strategy, they are way faster. Um, you can move faster, you're quicker, you are um, closer to your clients sometimes. Very often, large organizations have multiple layers before you actually touch the client and deliver value to the client. Um, and the book is written in a way that you can approach it from a large corporation's perspective. And I always flag where I feel an entrepreneur can take a shortcut. So it's valuable for both target groups, um, if that makes sense. And um, I actually use it for myself to build my own business right now. And I'm a small company in that context as well. Party one right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the book. The, the title that you think the book is going to have um, is, which I actually really love. Is it okay if we discuss the- Of course. It's called The Strategy Legacy. So can you share your strategy legacy with our, our listeners? 
I think a, a strategy that has a legacy or leads to a legacy is a strategy worthwhile pursuing. That's why the book's called that way. And also because I've seen strategies that are everything but able to create a legacy. Those are typically those strategies that are purely profit-driven. So they help you do well, but they don't help you to do good at the same time. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. And I believe that the a company, an entrepreneur, a founder should always pursue a larger goal than just providing or making money. Why? Because the moment you are only in it for the money, the moment you are exchangeable, your service is not sustainable, your value is not sustainable, and you will always you can always be replaced fairly easy by a competitor because you are not touching something fundamental. On the contrary, if you fuel your business with a higher purpose, you are not in it for the short term. You're in it for the longer term. You are more invested. And when I use the term purpose, what I mean is, what is the issue out there in the world that you and your company are uniquely positioned to address? If you can answer that question, that is the perfect fuel for your engine because it helps your employees connect to something more than just a job that gives them money to pay their bills. They will be in it because they believe in this purpose. They will be in it because they see how it connects to their own soul, to their own purpose, ideally. So if you can balance purpose and profit, so do good while doing well, this is just a dream come true. And um, I have to admit that it's not the easiest task to design a strategy that is both on purpose and profit oriented, but it's actually worthwhile um, spending a few hours to think about this topic. I know it because I've done it myself just recently. So I lived through the process and through the framework that I um, describe in my book myself. And I know that I've gone through various iterations in the last 18 months with that. And it's getting just better and better and better. And every time um, I go through a new iteration, I understand that I can tweak something here and I can tweak something there. It's not just to make more money. It's actually because I see that I live up to this purpose in a much better way and that I touch the lives of the people that I work for and work with in a completely different way. It's so much more fulfilling than just to write a check to, to a client um, when you see that you're writing a check, it gets paid. And at the same time, this client is telling you that by working with you, they have changed how they approach business, how they work with people, how they sell. Everything is now, it has a meaning for them. It has a deeper purpose, a higher purpose, whatever you want, you know. And um, it, it gives them so much more fulfillment in what they do day in and day out, all of a sudden, it's not just a job to make money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that connects deeply with your own soul. 
I have so many questions. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you say that you, do you feel that your own purpose evolves as you are growing your business, as you're continuing along your path with this particular new company? Do you find that your purpose is evolving? I took quite some time to figure out what my real purpose is. And if I formulate it in, in one sentence, I would say my purpose is to help people build better businesses to make the world a better place. And what I mean with that is in line with the whole topic of conscious capitalism. We are not the bad ones. Entrepreneurs are not bad people. We are not there to exploit the planet and the people that work for us to make fast money. Most entrepreneurs are exactly the opposite. We found companies because we see there is a need for something in the world that we cannot find in that way anywhere else. That's why something like a, a passion that drives us towards founding our own company. And um, my personal purpose sounds grand and idealistic to make the world a better place. And, and this is exactly what it should be. Purpose is not to make money. Purpose is something grand and idealistic. It is, in my case, how I touch the lives of countless individuals through working with corporate leaders and with entrepreneurs and help them find deeper purpose in what they do and therefore build more successful businesses. Because purpose and profit are just, I mean, I don't have to sell this point to anyone anywhere. People that don't understand how they, how they are connected um, they, you're riding a dead horse, kind of. Um, there is so much power to this. And making the world a better place, for me, simply means helping entrepreneurs impact the communities they serve, positively impact their clients, also by making conscious consumer decisions. So if you are... Let's, let's just say you are an international superpower like, I don't know, let's take Walmart, a massive corporation. The power that they have throughout their supply chain is just insane. If they approach business in a conscious way, the good that they can do to the environment, to the people that work for them, to the people that work for their suppliers, it's just amazing. Now, not everyone approaches business that way. And especially if you are still connected to this old shareholder maximization um, paradigm, you are not really looking at the rest of your stakeholder groups. But if you understand that this old dinosaur thinking is kind of dying out right now and that you need to understand your impact as a company or as an entrepreneur in a more holistic way, taking a left and right look while you pursue your dream and hope to make some money on the way. If you understand that, then you act differently. You take different and better informed decisions and thereby um, you avoid exploiting people. You avoid exploiting the planet. You avoid destroying habitat through um, unconscious decisions and business behavior. And, and this, is, this is something grand and idealistic. And I know that I cannot change the world on my own. And I know that by how I run my business will not preserve nature as such, but I will do my 
best to contribute what I can. I have an 18-month-old son. In 20, 30 years, when I retire, I want to see that I have done everything in my power to raise awareness, to help people understand the impact that they can have as entrepreneurs and as companies, meaning the impact that they have on anything around their business. Of course, they have their business and of course they need to make money. I'm not a dreamer. We need to pay our bills, right? And we need to grow as companies and develop to also be around in 10 or 20 years. But there is more to business than just making money. And if we, if we understand that, and if I can add my five or two cents to that, um, then I will die a happy man because I know that I have done everything I can to help preserve this planet for the next generation. Well, you've lived your purpose. Exactly. If you continue along this path, which it sounds like you will, you, you're, you are living your purpose. And truth be told, one person can change the world. One person can begin to impact and then there's a ripple effect. And yes. the ripple effect over time, you have no idea where it's going to go to. That's so the point. you put energy out there, it's received by how ma- however many people are receiving it. And then they in turn are acting and you won't see the ripple effect of their action. So, so that's the, the one thing. And I don't think you sound idealistic at all. I think there is a conscious awareness of the trend of what um, you're trying to do. This is, this is on... Uh, brand or or um, in alignment with so many um, people right now. Yes, people, you know, and I agree with you. There is nothing wrong or immoral about making a profit. Money is and can be. Money should be looked at. Tell me if you agree with me. I look at money as a tool. It makes life easier, and you can use it to do wonderful things. It doesn't make you happier. It doesn't make you more fulfilled. Um, it just makes things easier. What do you think about uh, that? I do agree to 99% with what you said. I believe that money can buy good wine or chocolate and that does make you happier. So in that sense, <laughs> you could argue money can make you happy. But this is probably just this 1%. Everything else is totally in line with what you said, Lisa. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reform that then. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> money can buy great wine, great vacations. But those things are fleeting. Yes. And there's no impact. They're momentary um, pleasures really right yeah there are satisfactions and for many they are just bandages on some bleeding wound Um, and money can help you consume in order to avoid thinking about deeper things right Um, as long as you have enough money that you can just feed the engine with the next pair of high heels the next fancy vacation, the next yoga retreat. You can just, you can just continue and consume and consume and consume. Um, as long as you do that, you keep yourself busy. And this is probably the biggest enemy to becoming really conscious about what you do and intentional about how you run your business. Money is certainly a very, very important factor in our society how it runs 
how it functions, how economy functions. And there are numerous studies out there that show that um, the equivalent of 70,000 US dollars are the threshold. From there, more money does not create more happiness. Anything until about 70,000 income per year gives you perceived more happiness. Um, now, if you are beyond that threshold, you basically have enough money to pay for everything that you need. Housing, food, vacation, clothes, um, education for your kids, healthcare, you name it. What do you do with the rest? Do you just throw it out of the window for consumption of goods and services? Or do you take informed decisions and put your money where it can do good? You can either invest it into purpose-driven um, businesses or not-for-profit companies. I rather call them for-impact companies. Um, you can decide to take that money and invest into additional education for your kids and help them see the world through a different lens. You can just... You can take a decision. It's your decision. But in order to take that decision, uh, you need to think left and right and um, ask some uncomfortable questions first. And it's not what everyone enjoys doing, I have to admit. Well, it's difficult. It's becoming self-aware um, and raising your consciousness uh, on what's happening with you, what's happening outside in your community, what's happening in your business. People do not want to take the time or the effort to do that a lot of times because it's painful and we are a program to avoid pain. We're programmed yes. to seek comfort and yes. enjoyment, right? So what I do want to focus on are the nine elements of, um, the, of an organization and mm -hmm. what you talk about in your book, because I think this can really um, help our audience focus on their own businesses so if you're comfortable with that, we can dive totally, into that. Totally. So what we need to understand first and foremost, the nine elements of organizational identity are a framework that um, link several topics that we often hear about, like strategy or purpose or vision. What's a mission? How do I measure success in goals and targets? What capabilities do I need? Which management systems do I need to put in place? Which structures do I need to put in place in my company to make it a successful business? And um, I have heard those terms for many years all over the place in totally different contexts and often even used interchangeably. So the first thing that I did when I, when I sat down to write the book, I kind of wrote down some sort of a glossary to help people understand what is a strategy how do you define a strategy? Um, what does purpose mean? What is a mission statement? So why did I do that? Because not many people that run businesses actually do have a background in business administration. And even I that has a background in business administration has, have used those words in, in, in just in a wrong way in a, in a context that wasn't helpful for me. So I said, okay, if, if I want to talk about strategy, I first need to define what it is. And then I took the core topic of strategy 
and linked it to every other element of organizational identity. And in that context, I wrote down a step-by-step process, basically a how-to, um, how to define your purpose, how to find your vision, how to find your mission. Um, and all this is connected to what I call a strategy process. So when you, when you imagine those nine elements and break them up into three layers, strategy would sit at the core because the process of defining a company's strategy has is the only way, this is the only element of the nine elements that is powerful enough to touch all others. Because your business strategy captures your core, your value proposition. What is it that you do? What is it that you monetize? And how does it um, link to everything else? Now, the underlying first of those three layers is the layer where you define those deeper lying elements, like your purpose. What is the unique value that you bring to the world to address some issue out there? And um, your purpose needs to shine through in your strategy because it's linked to the value that your clients will receive. In that first layer, apart from purpose, you would also find um, your mission. And your mission is a simple sentence. It describes, it defines your business. So your mission is not something fluffy and marketing and that you put on your website and sounds awesome. Your mission is simply what is it that you do and for whom do you do it? So for in my case, I educate entrepreneurs how to build stronger strategies. That's what I do. There are no fancy adjectives in there. It's a simple business definition. And also in this underlying layer, it's what I call um, guiding principles. It's those non-negotiable values that help you take decisions that describe how you behave as a human being. Um, and based on those values, you write down some non-negotiable behavioral guidelines. They are especially important when it comes to sales, for example. Um, sales has been a profession that has seen, how do I say that? Um, especially in recent history, some not so nice examples of how you can fuck up a business. Excuse my French. No, we're um, direct as fuck on this show. You're good. Just, just by selling products and goods that are harmful to people for example, um, or that you promise the hell out of your offering <clears throat> and then everyone else who needs to de deliver on your promise is like, what did they promise the client? We can't even do that just to make some money to close the deal. So those behavioral guidelines are super important to define how the people that work with you and for you need to behave in a very specific context. So we call those, so I call those, we, I shouldn't say we, I call those guiding principles, core values. Yeah. And, yeah. and some of mine, you know, and if you have, if you have a team underneath you or working with you or for you, um, when you define your core values or your guiding principles of your company, of your team, everybody is on the same page and everybody is empowered to make decisions, to move forward 
based on the same underlying principles of, let's say, integrity or discipline or um, excellence, pursuing excellence at all times. So, yeah, and you need to help your people understand what those terms mean. How do you bring them to life in a certain context? You need to be ready to be punished for those. If those are your values, you need to be ready to walk away from a potential client if you realize that they are not in sync with those terms, that they are um, harmful to, your, um, to, to their clients, to, their, to the environment. And if that is not in sync with your values and guiding principles, you need to be ready to take some decisions. And that's and where away. purpose comes in over profit. Totally. And totally, that is really absolutely. fucking scary for any new entrepreneur. You can also ask yourself, what is the cost of no action? If you realize that a potential client is totally messing with your values, with your purpose, but you still want to work for them because you want the money, this money is dirty money. You will never be happy with that money. You will always be like, yeah, I sold my soul for this. And this is in the way of being a happy human being. Um, I very consciously choose with whom I work. And um, I, I walked away from many projects because I realized that a potential client is in an industry that is totally shady and their business practices um, are not in line with what I believe intentional and conscious business behavior should be. It made me happier. I didn't need that money. Money is only, only good money is good money. Dirty money is not good money. You don't want that. Well, there's a reason why so many startup businesses fail in the first five years, right? This is probably one of the reasons. A lack of, of um, committing and deciding what the purpose is, taking the dirty money, compromising yourself. When you realize as an entrepreneur that you are in the game for more than just some fast bucks, you are empowering yourself to say no to 90% of the opportunities that come your way and to consciously say yes to those that are on purpose and on profit, if that makes sense. You will take way more conscious decisions and thereby you avoid one of the biggest traps um, entrepreneurs and founders fall into very early, typically, which is, completely overwhelming them with work. They just don't know what to do first because it's so much on their plate. They took so much on. Um, shiny object syndrome here, shiny object syndrome there. Everything becomes an opportunity all of a sudden because they're not clear on their purpose and not clear on their values. The moment you are clear on your purpose, taking decisions becomes very easy and saying no to things becomes very easy because you're like, yeah, that, that's probably a really good business opportunity for someone else, but it's not for me. For me, it's this small fraction. You need to find your niche. If you don't find your niche and if you're not clear on your niche, you will just you'll be a frog in a glass of milk trying to paddle as fast as, as it can to turn this milk into butter eventually. That's not going to work. I tried it. I promise it's not going to work. The moment you are on purpose and you are clear on your values, it's empowering yourself to take informed decisions and to understand which opportunities are real opportunities.
which leads me leads me to the second layer. So first layer, purpose, mission, guiding principles. The second layer is then really about the business strategy as such. And in this, in this middle layer, you would find your vision statement. And your vision is not just a fancy statement um, in one sentence. It's way more than that. When I use the term vision, what I mean is a clear description of how your business looks like and feels like and smells like and tastes like in, let's say, three to four years down the road. If you are just starting out, make it two years. The time frame is totally up to you. What's important is that you define it. What is it that you uh, deliver? What is it that your clients love about it? Um, where are you active? Which um, products and services do you sell? Um, what does the market say about you? What do your clients say about you? How do your employees feel? Those things can sound a little fancy when you write them down. I will help you in the next step to break these down into measurable increments because what you can't measure, you can't manage. You need to manage it. It's nothing that you write down and in two or three years, you uh, take those piece, this piece of paper out of your drawer and like, did we reach the vision? Mm, nah, kind of. And then you start the next cycle. This is not how it goes, right? You need to know where you are in the process step-by-step step towards that vision. And a strategy, and that, that's probably the most important thing for people to understand, a strategy is your plan to reach a vision. So the moment you know how your company should look like in two to three years, the moment you start to break it down into measurable increments, into priorities that help you focus your time and energy on exactly those things, and everything else is just a shiny object. Now, a strategy is not a rigorous, static thing. A strategy can change. It can evolve over time. And it has to evolve over time because the moment you write down your strategy, it's just a snapshot in today's world. In six months, the world can look differently. So you need to adjust your strategy. But you will not adjust your vision because what you want to become is still true. You just need to find new ways of getting there or tweaking one or two priorities in a different way. You can always try things. And if they don't work, they don't work. That's fine. Just let them go. Try different routes. And that's all about strategy. You need to understand that a vision is kind of your destination that you put into your car's GPS system. It's something where you want to be at some point in time. And your strategy is your way to reaching this destination. And along the way, there will be roadblocks. There will be traffic jams. You run out of fuel. Things like that happen. Okay, then find a new way. Find a gas station. Um, so you need to be flexible and adapt your approach to reaching your vision. And this is typically something you do twice a year in a strategy review where you let the let the day-to-day -day business aside and ask yourself, are we still on the right track? Are the focus areas that we are prioritizing still the right ones? Oh, just take a look at that. Six months down the road, we've implemented that project. It's on the way. We have more capacity now to focus on the next topic. So it's a living and breathing organism that helps you reaching your vision. And the third element, apart from vision and strategy, in this middle layer, that's goals. Goals, measurable goals that help you put your vision into action. And um, this is the, these are the elements that you can measure on the way 
that show you at any given point in time how far you've made it already toward your vision. And sometimes you reach it earlier than you think if you are rigorous on implementing a strategy. Sometimes it takes a bit longer, but that's also totally fine. And then your third layer captures, let's say, the systems and processes that you need to put in place in order to um, make your strategy happen. First of all, and this is probably the most important one, you need to ask yourself, if this is my new strategy, what do I need to learn? If you already know everything in order to implement your strategy, your strategy is worth nothing because a strategy needs to be a stretch. It needs to help you get somewhere where you can't well, today not even know how to do it, maybe even. Then it's something worthwhile pursuing. So you need to ask yourself, what do I need to learn? What do my people need to learn? You can just throw a strategy over a fence to your team and say like, yeah, now go do it. And they'd be like, yeah, sounds great. But hey, how? I don't even know where to start because I don't know nothing about this topic here. This is new. We've never done this before. And that's what strategy is. Strategy is largely about doing things in a different way in order to secure your competitiveness in some years down the road. So as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as an employee, we need to help, um, first of all, understand what we need to learn in order to execute on this strategy. And then we help people understand and ourselves understand what our individual targets are. So we break down those strategic goals into smaller increments, into smaller individual targets that help everyone in an organization. And those, not, those people don't necessarily need to be employees. I, for example, I work a lot with other freelancers, um, but I help them understand how they are connected to my strategy as a company. So I help them understand why their part is important, how it connects left and right, and what I expect from them in terms of targets that they need to reach. If they have the capabilities to reach the targets and they understand the targets and the bigger picture, this just unleashes incredible energy because all of a sudden you realize that you're not just, I don't know, hammering figures into an Excel sheet. You understand that by doing that, you empower your sales force to take informed decisions. And that, in the end, leads to hopefully a growing business. And the final element in this last layer is, um, so we have targets, we had uh, capabilities, we now need management systems. And this, this sounds fancy, but it's not actually. And what is a management system? A management system is just a certain system or certain process that helps you run your business in a proper way. And for an entrepreneur, a management system can, something, can, can be something very simple as plan, do, check, act. Plan what you do, do it, check whether it was successful and adjust it and do it differently or slightly differently the next time. It's about running a business in a proper way. And um, the interesting thing about management systems is they help us stabilize our operations. Management systems are important to continuously produce high quality outputs. Um, and for larger organizations, they are everywhere. Higher regulated industries, for example, um, they would have management systems everywhere. They need to document everything and so on. But those systems are not designed to implement a new strategy. Those systems are designed to keep your business stable in the current environment. 
So what make sure that do, everything else is working properly, exactly. right? I mean, yeah. So you need to break down and overcome those old management systems and replace them with new ones so that people don't revert back into old behaviors that they are used to because they were encouraged through those management systems. Now we need other management systems. We need management systems that help us live up to our values, that help us fulfill our purpose, that help us execute on this new strategy. The moment you make space for those new management systems and you implement them, the moment you avoid that people revert back into the old world and the old way of doing things. So that, that's in a nutshell, the content of the book. Of course, it's just the framework. The book describes not only the framework, the book describes a step-by-step -step process, how you can actually, in your own business, create all those nine elements and link them. What is a management system? What does that look like for somebody like me who is in business um, for myself? Mm -hmm. I'm a team of one. I'm talking about direct AF. I'm not talking about my network marketing. Um, but even if, you know, I have two separate things. I've got my, my, net, my direct selling network marketing business mm -hmm. and I have a team of, um, you know, other independent contractors, but I also run the direct AF sales company, which um, sells the book and the dice. And, you know, the dice are, were designed to create a daily method of operation mm -hmm. for network marketers or salespeople in general. Um, yeah. It doesn't really matter what area you're in. I mean, the tasks are the same. A management system helps you run your business in a stable fashion. And that can be something like every Monday you sit down, you individually, you don't have a team around you, so you do it on your own and ask yourself, what are the top three priorities of this week? And how do they connect to my um, three-month priority? And how does that link into my one-year big goal? It's about management. It's not about leadership. It's not about selling. It's about management. And the difference between management and, let's say, operations is that management helps you take managing in that way helps you take informed decisions not to get lost in the day-to-day -day, in the small things but it always helps you to reprioritize based on current needs in line with your strategic needs and um, those management systems are sometimes very very simple things um, let me give you a completely different example a management system, for example, in sales could be um, that you have um, a proper CRM system in place that captures all your client data, all your client communication, and that helps you automate certain tasks in your sales process. Um, as a one-man show, you typically don't have that. You manage with Excel sheets, which is fine. It's totally fine. It needs the management system needs to be adjusted to your size and to your strategic goals. Now, when you grow your business and you hire people, all of a sudden you become a bottleneck because the knowledge is everywhere in your head. It's not written down necessarily. Um, and when you scale a small business, those growing pains, everyone who scales a business knows exactly what I mean. They can drive you nuts because all of a sudden you need to go back and be like, yeah, but I'm so over this stuff. I need to focus on different things right now. 
Yes, that's right. That's what you want to do. But in order to free you up as a, as a, as a founder and entrepreneur, you need to write down the stuff. You need to have other people take over those tasks. And that's what management systems are. They are a manifestation of knowledge, of process. Um, and if you understand them as enablers for you as an entrepreneur to free you up for those things that you really want to do, all of a sudden it doesn't become a chore. It becomes a pleasure because you understand <laughs> the moment you write them down, it's so liberating because you get to go do your thing. Can take the stuff and you can do your thing. Totally right. You stuff. can hire somebody to do the shit that you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing you want to do is sit down and write out how to do the shit that you don't want to do. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You know, writing out all of these things and, and preparing a vision statement of where you want you and your company or your team to be in five years, I think it really helps with mindset. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. so many entrepreneurs struggle. I think people in general, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, struggle with mindset um, and belief. And um, this truly is a mental game. Oh, yeah. People fail because they stop. People fail because they quit. Businesses close because um, people can't get out of their own head mm -hmm. in large part. Yeah. But when you have all of this in place, brings you, it seems to me that it would bring somebody out of their head, out of their mind and into um, a more rational place where you understand that the day-to-day minutiae, hearing a hundred no's in a week <laughs> um, means nothing mm -hmm. in the grand scheme. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that the moment you are writing down your strategy, and your purpose, and you are intentional about it, the moment you give yourself permission to live up to those things and pursue your dreams. As long as it's just in your head, it's constantly changing. It's constantly kind of morphing into something new. You need to write it down. You need to visualize it. Um, I don't know too much about manifestation and things like that, but I strongly believe in writing crystallizes your thinking. And in the process of writing it down, you discover the flaws and then you can just iron them out. And the flaws are what will bring you to your knees. The flaws are what prevent you from becoming successful as an entrepreneur. The moment you write them down, your strategy, your purpose, your vision, your mission, the moment you find those flaws and with your team or on your own or with a coach, you can just take them, process them, get them out of the way and line up everything for a flying start. And this, it, it really doesn't matter whether you are an, you've been an entrepreneur for 10 years or whether you're just starting out. Um, it is a way that is super empowering that helps you focus and that helps you get pitfalls and issues out of the way before they even come your way. You deal with them in a proactive and intentional way. If I ask you as an entrepreneur what your strategy is, you should be able to tell me what your strategy is in less than five minutes with a clear structure in your head. What is your vision? How do you measure it? What are your focus areas? What's the result? What's the client value behind that? How do you monetize it? If you are not able to do that within five minutes, you don't have a strategy. It's just blabbering along. Which is how your business will run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not. 
(laughs) (laughs) Like it's running out of gas and you may not make it to the gas station. Absolutely. Can you tell, thank you so much for today. This has been amazing. This has flown by. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the time, but look at, I mean, this is... This has been so great. I can't wait to have you back as soon as your book comes out. Oh, it would be my pleasure. Where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at alexthestrategist.com. There is tons of free stuff on my website. So I'm not not in the game to sell you on my courses or anything. If you feel they're valuable for you, you will sign up um, just by yourself. So take the free stuff first that's there checklists, toolkits, articles that I wrote. Um, Get inspired, take the value that's there. And if you want to know more, um, there's a lot of stuff on the website that you can dig your head into. Um, Courses, um, there are also free Q&A sessions with me. Um, Download the strategy toolkit, start getting your head around it. If you have questions, reach out. I won't charge you for a call. This is just... I love what I do and I really hope that I can inspire people to do the same. Well, you've inspired me and that sure it shines through for sure. Awesome. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code directaf 20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe and even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks guys.